seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Good evening, good evening, good evening to you people out there. Bills Mafia, actually, trademark this week now, Bills Mafia. This is owned by the Buffalo Bills, and they're putting out gear. I love it. Zo, what is up? Doing good, man. I uh, was actually uh, watching this presidential debate, so it's on mute right now. I'm going to have to watch it back a little bit later. But uh, other than that nonsense uh, that's kind of going on right now, uh, just been coaching. I uh, had flag football going on earlier today. Um, really enjoying that. And, uh, you know, just uh, enjoying being a dad, watching football from the house and talking ball and, and, and get to do another show with you, my man. Hey, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things that have kind of transpired with the Bills this week. A lot of surprises this week. I mean, I, I thought that Coach McDermott did his best to light some type of spark in the team, and we're going to get into that. So, obviously, we went into this Chiefs game coming off a bad loss versus the Titans. You thought that the team needed to respond well, execute better, play a little bit, deep, play a little bit better on both sides of the ball. We still got a loss versus Kansas City, the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City, defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think went wrong? What do you think they did well? Let's give us some insights of what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, just – and I know it's sitting bad with me, so I know they're sick over there. But uh, – and it's – obviously, they're over it now because they have to move on to the Jets. But, again, I think just coming out slow offensively, um, some of the passes, uh, some of, you know, the drops, just some of the timing wasn't quite there. And right now, for whatever reason, the last couple of weeks after a slow start – it's been hard to kind of get back on track. Um, obviously, they were able to do it later in the game, but just throughout the game, I felt they never really had any true rhythm offensively um, until late where they got a couple of touchdowns and then we were in a position, or the Bills were in a position to, to possibly uh, win the game if the defense can get a stop. Um, defensively, um, you know, obviously they, they, they shut down Tyreek Hill. That was a game plan going in as far as limiting his explosive plays, but with that, you can't then give up, you know, 250 yards on the ground. And even with all that, even with 250 yards on the ground, still had the opportunity to win the game. Uh, we just see a missed field goal here, which absolutely was a huge part of the game. That's a kick uh, that the young man could make. Um, and when you're playing these high caliber teams, you have to execute every opportunity you get. So anytime you get a chance to put points on the board, you have to put points on the board. Um, and then, you know, just back to the defense, it didn't play well up front. Um, you know, fitting gaps, being where you need to be, having good eyes, being disciplined, having good technique, and then tackling um, wasn't up to the caliber or the standard of anybody, you know, in, in, in that locker room. And so they have to just continue to work, come back, um, not dwell on it, not listen to the outside, because I know right now they're getting the ear full of, of how bad they are. Oh, this is the real Bills, or are you guys pretenders? all those things start to creep into the locker room and people start to doubt after the past two weeks. And so they have to overcome that, rise above it, and fight through this adversity uh, that, that they're going through currently. And, and every year, again, teams go through this. Championship caliber teams in the past have went through adversity similar to this. Now it's about can they right the ship and get things back going and getting back to the level that they were playing offensively and then defensively uh, achieve uh, their 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 standards and goals that they said at the beginning of the year. You know, we were talking uh, pre-show about this. 
This game, to me, reminded me a lot of that Philadelphia Eagle game last year. From not only down to what type of opponent you were facing, to the weather. I mean, because I thought the weather played a big factor in the first half of both teams' game plan. Did you, did it surprise you that the Chiefs came out and ran the ball as much as they did? Because it seemed like everybody was surprised, including the broadcaster, that they committed to the run like that, as they did. <laughs> Well, I think if you look at the first drive, they came out and actually passed the ball a little bit. I know a couple of, couple of, I think the first two plays might have been runs just to kind of test it. Then they went to the pass game, and I think they noticed, and it was kind of funny listening to the broadcast. Uh, you know, Josh had some bad throws, and it was like, oh, he's inaccurate. And then Pat misses a couple of throws, and it's like, oh, yeah, it must be the weather. Uh, and so, but yeah, you know, the Eagles got down to the run game. I think that's been a, uh, kind of a, a, a black eye on this defense this far during the season. And Andy Reid is definitely going to test any weakness that he sees uh, in your game. And so once they found uh, that the Bills are unable to stop the run, he stayed with it. Um, it's, it's no reason to switch up as much, much like, uh, you know, the New England Patriots, what they would do, especially these last couple of years with time, when they got Sony Michelle in that run game going, hey, we're just going to keep shoving it down your throat. And that's actually what kind of felt like for me, because I don't even remember the Philly game, and maybe that's because we played, we didn't play well, and so I kind of threw that out of my mind. But I do remember some of those Patriots games where they were able to just run the ball, and you think Tom Brady's gonna come in here, and maybe dink and dunk and throw it around, use Gronk, uh, use some of his other weapons, but nah, we was gonna give it to Sony Michelle, and can you stop this run? Um, and that's what I felt like the game was, and they never could, so they stayed with it, had 250 yards, um, and still had an opportunity to get off the field, but you have to be able to capitalize when you have a guy you know, third and 12, um, and other opportunities that come out throughout that we can probably go back and revisit and uh, say, oh, you know, if they would have made this play, it would have gave Josh and them an opportunity, at least one more to go down and possibly um, score a touchdown, kick the extra point and win the game. Yeah, you know, it's as bad as it seems that they played as far as the media goes and obviously pressing out the outside noises, we'll call it. Like you said, they're really one possession from winning this game because if you stop Kansas City on that last possession, you go down and you score touchdowns. You don't tie. You actually probably win the, you win the game with the next yeah. point. So, I mean, it, I don't think that they played as bad as people make it seem. Obviously, it's two games, two losses in a row. But let's just put it this way, and there's no moral victories. And actually, Coach McDermott preached that this week. There's no more moral victories. <laughs> but this is two of the high, two of the top-tier hierarchy at AFC, if you want to call it, the Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. But – yeah, they but, that doesn't matter though. I mean, that's who you got to beat. That's that's right. if that is the uh, you know your measuring stick. Uh, this team and this organization is past uh, just changing the culture, right, and competing and winning games. They're at a point in their development where it should be we're about to start competing for championships, and uh, you have to be able to beat these type of teams when you don't have your best, uh, when it's rainy. Uh, or you don't know what's going on because there's always adversity. There's always something that you have to overcome. And so I think I don't like the way the losses kind of happen versus them actually losing. I think it goes back to, you know, processes, what is, you know, what I've always referred to. And, and Sean would always put up on the board like these four boxes. And one side would say play well, and the other side would say win the game. And then it also had that same thing on – the side of the boxes. And so you have play well, win, you have play well and win, and then play well and win at the top. And so you could play well and win the game. You could play well and lose a game. 
you could play poorly and win a game and you could play poorly and lose a game. And so you always want to be in that box of playing well and winning games. That's where everybody wants to live. But as a coach and as a team, you can deal with playing well and, and losing and playing bad and losing. You never want to be in that last box where you're uh, or playing, playing badly and winning. You never want to be playing badly and losing. That's not where you want to live. And I think they're kind of around there right now, especially when, when we look at some of the run stuff. Because if you're giving up 250 yards, I'm just going to talk defensively. You're not playing well. I, I, you know, it, it just you're just not playing well. It's not like you were in the right position. When you give up that many yards, there's a lot of things that are breaking down schematically and structurally. So you have to have great eyes. Um, you gotta you gotta play well up front. You gotta have some great uh, gap integrity, and then you have to tackle well. Um, and so right now, uh, this team is just just at a point to where they're struggling. But that doesn't mean that they have to live in this live in that place because it's week to week. And so now you have another chance to go out, have a great week week of practice. And then go out there and, and execute. And that's what it comes down to. Doing your job. Don't try to do somebody else's. Do yours. And because of the opponent they're playing this week, it should be really simple. Because you don't have to do a lot schematically to beat the Jets. And so uh, it should be all about, you know, really just rewinding and acting, acting like you're coming out of training camp. And some of those things that we talked about, just fundamentals. Uh, using your hands, tackling, catching the ball, throwing the ball, blocking, getting off blocks. Just the real basic fundamentals getting that setting that foundation so that you can then build off of that again because it's you've kind of gotten away from it with these last two weeks of you know the losses so really focus on those things and then schematically you know just come out play over four uh you know black which is covered three real basic stuff maybe you know a couple of blitzes and then just line up and whoop a man in front of you and win the game especially you know defensively what i'm talking about well before this game, there was a huge surprise to, to not only myself, but a lot of Bills fans where, you know, obviously the inactive list came out before this game. And, I mean, surprising to most of us, Trent Murphy and Harrison Phillips were both healthy scratches for this game. Now, obviously, the defense has not been playing well as a whole. Obviously, I'm not – I don't think these guys are scapegoats. But what kind of message – from a coaching standpoint, so this sin, what are you trying to do? Is this a spark? Is this, or is yeah. this a reward for a guy named like Justin Zimmer who actually tallied up a, a lot of tackles in this game? Yeah, I mean, you might be trying to just look for production because uh, sometimes it's just say, okay, you're not getting the production you're getting or that we need or that we're looking for. You may be doing your job, but you're not creating any plays or splash plays or whatever it may be from a coach's perspective. Um, and so we're going to give this other guy an opportunity. Um, and that's, this is where communication comes in and it has to be a cornerstone of the organization. Um, because if it's not communicated well, if it's not, you know, especially to the individual that's that are sitting out, obviously like a Harrison Phillips and a trip and a Trent and this Murphy in this case, um, players, because of who those guys are and, you know, and what they mean to the organization. And they would know a lot more because they're actually sitting down watching film, knowing what they're being taught and having those conversations. It can come across as, okay, we're panicking, especially when it feels like two players, when we know it's a collective unit, uh, feel like they're being singled out for what, for whatever reason it may be. And so it has to be articulated, I think, to the group as well as uh, to those individuals 
um, so that they understand that this is not a panic move because players are always watching, you know, okay, you talk about being even kill, not being too high, not being too low, being able to fight through the, the roller coasters of a game um, that applies to the season on a macro level. Now that we lost two games, now you want to sit me? Are you panicking? You know, and so that could easily be in the back of people's minds. But if it's communicated well up front and guys, you know, you sit down and have a man to man conversation and really talk about production and what are you doing? This is what we expect. Do you think you're living up to it? And you have a real conversation and the guys like, you know, being real as well. And you say, OK, well, we're going to give, you know, Zimmer in this in this in this specific case an opportunity. Uh, those ha has to be it has to be done really well. It has to be re done really well so that you don't mess up the chemistry and the culture in the, in the community and relationship within the locker room. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a tough spot. And I mean, it's, it's for me, I've never coached in a side or I've never coached in a billion dollar industry. And I mean, people have to really take consideration. This is a billion dollar industry that you're coaching. In. Right. Justin Zimmer played well. The defense didn't look I don't think they looked any better than they did the previous game. I don't think they looked any worse. I think they looked almost similar. The same. There was a couple of things I thought they did a little bit better. They, they didn't allow the big play or it seemed like chunk yardage through the, through the air. But they right. did allow a lot of third down conversions, which I thought hurt them really bad was the third downs. And the thing is, when you get to Kansas City, you want to get them third and distance. And they did that, but they couldn't get off the field. How demoralizing that is that to a defense throughout a game when they're converting a third and seven? A third and eight, a third and yeah. twelve. We saw it a third and nineteen in Tennessee last week. Right. Yeah. When it when it happens repeatedly, it's it's very demoralizing. Yeah. You know, obviously you're playing Patrick Mahomes, and yeah, okay, he he may get one or two, but those should be you know eighty percent wins almost uh, for the defense. Any defense. I mean, that's just kind of the standard. You know, if they live in that third and two, third three area. You better hold on because it's going to be a long day, you know, 40 to 50 percent uh, conversion rate as far as the defense stopping them. Um, you know, statistically speaking, just over the if you take a big, you know, uh, sample size of what people traditionally convert on third and three, third and seven or uh, seven to ten and then third, 11 plus. Um, obviously, the longer the distance, the more favorable it is for the defense. And so that's where you try to get people at. And when you got them there. You're expected to win, you know, 80 percent of those at least, um, and you know it's give and take based on the talent that you're playing. But when it happens multiple times throughout a game, it becomes frustrating. And I think you could even see some of that with some of the penalties late in the game. It just got real frustrating because it's like, man, we can't stop them, can't do nothing. We need to hit somebody, and you end up going out of bounds. It's, it just things kind of just snowball not really realizing, you know, hey, man, if we just keep our calm and kind of get back to the foundation, we could probably still win this game and put ourselves in, in a spot to win. So it's uh, it's hard. Uh, obviously, they're not playing well right now, and, they have, and they're working to figure out uh, to get it corrected. There's one play in particular that, I mean, we're going to show, was the Pat Mahomes third and five. Oh, and yeah. the run where he he twirled around, did a spin of Rooney, if you want to call it that, and got the first down. Now, to me, this is frustrating. And it's frustrating from the point of these quarterbacks and players are extra protected. All right. Now, this looks like a quarterback that's giving himself up. He's going, it seems like he's giving himself up and going out of bounds. It seems like the Bills defense let up. You don't want to hit him because if you hit him, you're going to get that 15 yard flat. 
But he twirls around and he gets the first down. What do you do as a defender? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I yeah. it, it, um, you know, on that stuff, I mean, you got to take, I mean, it, it is a quarterback, but I'm erring on the side of, and this is the way I play. Like I'm taking my shot and, but I'm going to line myself up to where I, I, I can maybe get out of the way. If he's going out of bounds and I can kind of, you know, kind of move out or I just, I grab him, but I hold him up. Like I kind of run into him, but I'm holding him up. This is just things I've learned over. So you, cause you can't take it for granted. It's happened to teams that I've been on too much. I can remember Sean's first year, 2017. Uh, my man, Ramon Humbert has Cam Newton on the sideline. Cam Newton is running out of bounds. He's about to go hit him, but he pulls up because thinking Cam is going out of bounds and Cam says, Oh, I'm going to just turn this thing up. Boom. And he had another, you know, 15 yards added on to it. So after seeing things like that, I've just learned to steal it. When he's out of that pocket, I'm treating him like a running back because he loses all protection once he gets out of the pocket. The only time it comes back on is if he sets back up to maybe throw it again. But if you run it fast, it's hard for quarterbacks to set back up and get it. You, got, you have to be aggressive um, with these guys, especially the ones that are mobile, and take your, your, your angles and, and treat him like he's a runner until he sets back up, especially when he's out of the pocket. And, and that's the only way you can do it. And as a coach, I can live with a guy trying to make a play, trying to be aggressive and physical versus assuming that he's going out because of all the protections around the guy. I, I can't I can't think I can't think about all that all the time. I'm gonna treat him like he's out of the pocket. Oh, he's a runner now. And then everything else, they can figure that out on my way to to the ball, whether or not um, it's a flag or not, because I'm jacking him up. And if he slides, I can, you know, you can launch yourself and try to avoid it, but I'm going to jack him up. That's just, and that's just my mindset, you know, and, and, and some guys you have to learn how to figure out where, how to live in that gray a little bit more, especially when you deal with those quarterbacks. I agree. It was just very frustrating to me. And I said, oh man, you know, he did spin around. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a, one of those other plays. I mean, so it, it just, it just sucks because you did everything right in the back end. You got Pat Mahomes <laughs> actually trying to run the ball, which, you want you want I'd rather him running and slinging that thing around and now let's get after him and then it's oh how did he get that <laughs> so uh yeah, it, it's definitely a frustrating play right and before we go any further I want you guys to say too tomorrow we're going to be doing actually a uh a Lorenzo Alexander signed football giveaway not gonna get y'all the details yet just wait till tomorrow tune in on Twitter Facebook Instagram right, right. and we'll let you guys know what what the giveaway is or what the rules are but stay tuned for that it's gonna be a lot of cool giveaway like I say get a football from Zoe and uh you know you as you watch your game you, you can hold your football but you know protect the autograph part now all right uh so one other people want to talk about is Justin Zimmer and this kid got his chance to play this week, and I mean he did pretty well. He had six tackles, a tackle and a half for loss. He gave maximum effort. Now, I want to say that maybe in your career you were in a situation where he was, where you're called up or your number was called, maybe unexpectedly, maybe expectedly, but through hard work. How did this? How did this kid look to you? And what was it like if you remember going back to that time where your number was called? Right. Um, honestly, I didn't really like, like look, look at him specifically and look at his mm -hmm. stats. I was look, really looking more at the defense overall, like where those big plays mm -hmm. hit and the reason why. But obviously with his stats, he put himself in a position to make plays and be productive. Um, but there's always two sides and something where, you, where you're going. You look at technique, uh, you look at mental errors, and then you look at production. Because you can be a negative on those first two, but, but fall into a sack or get a tackle for loss 
um, or create some pressure. And at the end of the day, more coaches rely on being productive and then, you know, and making plays. Um, but I didn't really analyze his, you know, his game, how he looked down to down um, and how he held up. Um, but obviously went out there, balled out, uh, just kind of looking at him through training camp in, in the early part of the season. I mean, strong kid, plays with a lot of energy, um, obviously flies around and plays with that hustle because of where he's coming from. And so my career started similar. And you just want to be out there and be able to take advantage of a great opportunity. And production-wise, he obviously did that as a D-tackle. Six tackles is a lot of tackles uh, for a guy. Um, but I would have to really go back and really watch him to give a, a true evaluation of how he played and, and what he did and how he did his job. Um, because people even say, you know, he might have got those those tackles hustling 10 yards downfield, which is great hustle, but that's not really – you want your D-tackle getting tackles for loss or stopping guys at the line of scrimmage. And so um, – Great kid, doing well. Obviously, got his opportunity. Went out there and, and, and did his thing with the production. Um, and I know he, I know he was just chopping at the bit. I mean, because everybody wants to be out there competing and not being inactive or not being active and sitting on the sideline. They really want to get a chance to get out there, get their feet wet, and show who they are. And then that's how you gain momentum. Because even my first year that I made the active roster, I didn't actually play into a game until the fifth week of the season. Um, and then ever since then. I was I was always active, and so maybe that's this moment for for this young man, where he can grow and, and become the football player he ultimately wants to be year in and year out. I I thought he played fairly well. I did I did go back and watch some film on him what he did. Um, obviously, there's a lot that he's gonna ha there's a lot to learn, a lot to pick up. But one of the things, like I said, that I saw was just the energy, yeah, and um, the nonstop motor, and I you know I over my life of football, realize sometimes a nonstop motor can get you a lot further than talent at times. Yeah, that's, um, it got me a lot, it got me far. It got me pretty far because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that talented, but I used to outwork guys all the time. So it, it can get you real far if, if you do it the right way. Right. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, he got signed to the, uh, the active roster this week after that game. So definitely congratulations to that young man um, on his effort and his getting signed to the active roster there. So as a defensive unit, and we're not gonna, I'm not going to focus too much on the offense tonight. I, I think that we know what they got to do going against the Jets. But as a defensive unit, you've come out a couple weeks. You've kind of struggled. You kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit, if you call it. As a unit, without the coaching staff, just as the guys in the locker room, what do you do to get back on track? What are some of the things that you can do to get together and do stuff? And obviously, it's COVID season, so... Maybe some things are off. Yeah, the and 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 yeah, and that makes it hard. And I don't know how they're running minis right now. I mean, but in years past, especially when we gave up a significant amount of yards, and I, you know, it's really st more started by Kyle Williams even two seasons ago. Um, just meeting as a defense after Wednesdays after we did inside run to make sure that we were communicating. We knew where guys' gap was, go through plays, um, and just to make sure that we had the, the the standard that we wanted to set. And then if guys were out of place, we're being player slash coach, making sure that we're holding guys accountable as far as, hey, you need to be here. Or asking, hey, you know, how are you going to play this? What's the car you're going to give me? Where are you going to fit? You know, sometimes I would have conversations with Jerry Hughes and say, hey, man, I just want you to blow it up. If you end up in the B gap, I'll make you right. And, you know, sometimes that'll free a guy up and he's just more more explosive knowing that he has somebody that has his back. And, and so that happened throughout – um, you know, the defensive room, you know, with COVID now, I don't know how I don't, it's probably a lot harder to do a player led zoom meeting. And then you watch practice. If that's not the way they're doing it, 
because you're trying to minimize, obviously, being in, in, a, in a, a confined space. So they may not be able to have some of those things. And so maybe you do additional walkthroughs or something after practice just to make sure everybody's on the same page, especially maybe some plays that you busted. You're outside or in the, the field house where you have room and you can social distance. Um, but those are the things that need to take place. You know, accountability from player to player that make, making sure guys are – uh, buying into the scheme, not doing their own thing, be where you need to be uh, because everybody else around you is counting on you. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very interesting without this, uh, with the COVID season, because like I said, we don't really know exactly what happens now. I mean, I would think that maybe last year, just last year, maybe guys would get together for a dinner. Maybe guys would go out and do some grinding, something fun, you know, as a team to take the pressure off. And it seems like this year, it's a, there's nothing you can do. I mean, obviously, we've seen the NBA, we've seen Major League Baseball, other sports kind of play in a bubble. And even right. though you're not living in the bubble in NFL, it's still like you're in the bubble because you have to go for pretty much with the rules, practice, game, home, and protect yourself at all times. So, I mean, it's it seems like it's a little rough on these guys to do that. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, they can get together. Yeah, and it's just hard. It's something you have to deal with, but, you know, it, all 32 teams are dealing with the same situation. So you have to figure out, you know, fun ways. I, I even know like during quarantine, and I don't know if the guys will do this, like even using Zoom or social media, they got a thing called like house party. They got different apps. Yeah. Well, we would even get together and do like game game night, you know, or heads up uh, uh, type of games and, and, and interact that way. Even though it's not the same, you can still interact, see each other and have like a fun atmosphere. So hopefully maybe they're getting creative that way. Uh, and, and doing some of those things to kind of still keep keep it light as you're talking about. So it's just not always grind, 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 work, 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 work. Because at some point you just got to let it go, just play free, just go out there and ball. Because a lot of times when you go back and watch film, when you're playing really good defense, guys are still out of their gap. Guys still don't do things perfectly. But collectively somehow you make it work. Um, and so I think a lot of that's just playing free and not being so tight and tense and worried about, oh, we got two bad weeks of defense. Uh, we've been, you know, we haven't been to our standard. You don't, you let all that kind of pile on you, you become a robot a lot. So, um, hopefully they can figure out how to get that switch turned over, uh, because they do have the pieces and the ability and the personnel to go out there and execute and at least be where you need to be at and, uh, and then cover guys up because of the talented guys that we have on that roster. One interesting stat I found from this game, and uh, I know a lot of people were, has been, have been talking about um, Ed Oliver and the production of Ed Oliver. And uh, obviously we've spoken on this show before about just overall the effect of not having Star Latuli, not only on Ed Oliver, but the linebacker court. It's like everybody as a whole not having big star in the middle there. Right. And uh, one stat that Chris Trapasso got out of Ed Oliver's 42 snaps, he played one snap at zero technique, 24 snaps at one technique, 16 snaps at three technique. He was double teamed 20 times on 20 snaps and triple teamed two snaps. Offenses are really accounting for Ed Oliver, and they're really key in where he is. Uh, this is a guy we thought Quintus Caesar could definitely read game plans. Do you think that these deep, that these offensive coordinators, they're game planning for Ed in the middle there to make sure that he's not wrecking the game plan? Um, they could possibly be doing that, but I know when you line up at the one technique, you, you're naturally going to get more double teams, especially if you have more downhill type runs. So you're going to have the guard center 
block you initially. And then one of those guys is looking for the linebacker, depending on whatever their run scheme is. And so what would happen when I was with Star a lot of times is that the guard and center would block him, and then I would be able to run through the B-gap and make some plays in the backfield. And now when you start doing that, then you start pulling the double-team all-stars. Like, okay, the linebacker's making plays now. And so that may be some of the reasons why he's not – maybe he's not being as effective because guys aren't as downhill. I would have to really go back and look at, you know, when Ed is getting double-teamed um, and how and how it's happening. But he's getting double-teamed because of his alignment, and then they're, they're doubling to the linebacker or to the next level. And that's not unique um, to anybody. The more telltale sign normally is like pass, you know, are they always sliding the center – to Ed, are they always or are they blocking down and using a, a tackle and uh, on on the three technique or the Ed like you would see uh, with some of the other um, you know elite rushers in the league, especially interiorly? How are they blocking them there when they line up three technique? Uh, you know uh, the shade traditionally in run games, you just whoever's there, that's how you doubling. You doubling him up to the next level. Um, you may stay on him a little bit longer. If it's a if it's a monster in there, um, but most of the time that's just how the the scheme of the run game works. Uh, and so yeah, Ed is Ed isn't traditionally like last year. Star was always the one technique, and he would go to the three. And so I know some of his protections having to deal with those double teams because you get double teams a lot more in the shade. It may have an effect on his production as well, which is a tall task, especially being the size he is. Even though he has great leverage, he can hold up. Taking those double teams takes a lot out of you, and then it's, it's just harder to make plays. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can figure something out there to help him out because, like I said, I, I, Ed Oliver is a guy I really want to see break out this year. And, I, I mean, I think he has immense talent. Uh, you know, obviously you don't go you don't go in the top ten for no reason in the NFL draft. Right. Yeah, Eric can ball. I mean, yeah. But I think he's naturally a three technique versus the shade, even though he'll get down there and be selfless and play it. He's obviously much more impactful when he's out there in a, in a shade three technique, uh, causing havoc out that way. Right. You know, I got a feeling like Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier. If it's if it's two good guys in the business, I think these guys are going to be guys to cook something up and really get some things changed around here and altered. Um, you know, actually, I don't even know if the Bills even technically have a bye week now because you didn't play that Titans game when it was originally scheduled. I'm just kind of – No, they should have a bye week. I mean, it's got the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the game was considered still week, I guess, uh -huh. five of Sunday. This got from Sunday to Tuesday. And then that the Thursday night game, which had been the new week, just got pushed to Monday night. So they, they still got a bye week. Okay. Well, that's good because obviously you probably know better. You definitely know better than me as a coaching staff and as a team in general. How important is that bye week, especially coming if – there's going to hit what middle of, right in the middle of the season for injuries for recovery. Yeah. And yeah, it's always great to get back, you know, to get a get away from the game, kind of reset, get away from all the noise. Obviously for your body, but emotionally I think it's great as well. You know, for the coaching staff, it's really a time for them to kind of sit down, maybe take a couple of days off as well cuz they always grinding, but then go back and do a little bit of a self scout. You know, where have we not been as good? What calls were was I making as an offensive defensive coordinator? Uh, where could I have been better? Um, how? What are the issues that we're having? How can we coach it better? What drills can we come up with to emphasize it during practice? And so even though it's a bye week, you get a chance to get away. There's it's also a mental reset and also some 
self-evaluation, I think from an organizational standpoint of how can we help these guys to put them in place to make plays? Because ultimately that's what a coach's job is. Take the pieces that you have, see what talent they they have, and then you put them in place, you cultivate that with drills and practice, so they go out there and be the best version of themselves on Sunday. So, obviously we're 4-2. We're off to New York to play the Jets this upcoming week. I mean, this is a team that I'm not going to say this is a blessing because every NFL game is, a, is an NFL game. That's exactly what it is. Um, right. Coach no, but you're absolutely right. You got to go out there and treat the Jets. You know, I ain't, I ain't part of the team no more. Hey, you got to treat the Jets the way they're supposed to be treated. They are the team they are right now based on what they put on film. Uh, the Bills are way better, um, have a better foundation, better structure, better organization right now in this time and space. And they have to get back to their foundation. And so, yeah, it's a great week uh, to play a team. Get some confidence. Go out there, like I said, keep the game plan simple, man on man, whoop the man in front of you, and get some of that swag back. Um, yeah, can can a team beat you that, you know, haven't played well? Yes. But based on the talent and the men and the, and the, and the, and the, and the structure and the scheme the Bills organization have, it shouldn't be a contest. Some games you just know. You're not thinking about it. You just know you're going to go out there and win because you should win. And that's the mindset they got to have. And so this is a great game to have right now. Two bad losses. Now let's get our swag back and go kick somebody else's butt because we didn't got our butt kicked the last two weeks. And that's how you have to approach it. Um, and, and don't give them no, no breathing room, no hope, none of that. Don't let them do any of it. Just go out there, do what you got to do, and then get back on the plane and go home. Right. I mean, they just have all sorts of problems. You got you got a coach embattled. Obviously, I mean, it's like it's almost like in New York, New York, and some people want to say New Jersey, but it's almost like in New York that that uh, you know it's all Adam Gase watch. Like, hey, is this the week? Is this the week? Um, I don't know if you've ever been on a team like that where a coach has been uh, stringing along and like, hey, his job is hanging in the balance. But you got Adam Gase and Greg Williams beefing in the media this week. I mean, this is. Yeah, I ain't never. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I play for Greg. I know Greg, and it's been like that in a lot of different places. And then Adam Gates is, you know, he's he's his own person too. He beats to his own drum too. So, it, you know, you got to be a certain type of coach and person to get get along with Greg well. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me at all. But because of that, because of all that turmoil, there's no way this team should be able to come out and be able to focus and and beat you. They, they're looking for a reason to give up. They're looking. I mean, it is, I've been on bad teams. You you go you go down there three and out. If you start on defense and go down and score, game over. I mean, it's as simple as that. Game over. And then you just keep your keep the foot on the gas and consistently execute. They're looking for reasons to point the finger because if if it's if it's if they're beefing in the coaching uh, staff. That's trickling down. So they see it. So you got guys trying to figure out, okay, well, when is when is Gage gonna get fired and is Greg gonna be the interim? I mean, all that stuff plays guys are talking about that. So they're not even they focus on stuff that don't have to do with football. So you have to you have to seize the moment. And again, treat the situation as it as it appears. A team that in the Jets that are very lackluster, don't have a lot of weapons, are in a little bit of or a little bit, a lot of chaos right now. So go and take advantage of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Don't overthink it. Uh, don't make them out to somebody they're not. I mean, obviously, they got talent players on the team that'll get paid too. We get that. But your players get paid too, and your players are better. 
in the bill. So it shouldn't even be a question. I mean, it, I'll be very disappointed if the, if the if the men in that room don't come out and play well this week and 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 and, and beat these guys down and and then and to get on the plane, celebrate, and get ready for the next week. And let's look at it. I mean, I believe, I believe we have is a New England. I think New England comes up the very yeah. next week. So you need yeah. to get the you need to get the ball rolling and right. to go into this game because, like I said, New England right now they don't look like the New England they have in the past right now. So you got to catch them while they're down too. Yeah, yeah. We don't just worry about the Jets, and, but New England. <laughs> don't think about New England like that quite yet either. New England are not the Jets, so don't make that don't make that correlation. That's something. Belichick, I mean, always got something going. Cam right. didn't practice. Yeah, he, he he's a guy that needs to practice. Their defense did great. They made the the, the Bengals kick six or the uh, Broncos kick six field goals. And when you make a team kick six field goals, most of the time you're gonna win that game. That means they were zero percent in in, in the in the red zone, uh, or hundred percent if you think about the Patriots defense because they made them kick field. They didn't get any touchdowns, and that's what you want to do. Those are your goals: take the ball away, make them kick a field goal. Uh, or turn it over. You know, you never want. You don't even think about giving up a touchdown. So they did. They, their defense is on point. Right. Cam didn't practice. Didn't have the rhythm. Didn't look good. But don't expect them to stay there because of that organization. So let's let me rewind. Focus just on the Jets. Kick they butt first. Party <laughs> on the plane back. You got your swag back. Get a little break, and then you get ready to move on to the Patriots the following week. So let's do that in order. Steps. There we go. I mean, last time we saw Josh Allen versus the Jets, I mean, this is when the the uh, the mystery of Josh Allen began, if you want to call it that, going 33 or 46, 312 yards, and three touchdowns on rushing. So this is a game where we need to get Josh back in order. Obviously, the last two games, he's been a little off the mark. He has he didn't look like he did in the first four, four first four contests. So we need to get him back rolling. I think we need to get that office line rolling. Obviously, we lost a uh, guy in Quentin Spain this week, which was rather surprising. Yeah. And uh, especially uh, especially a guy in Quentin Spain who you know came back to Buffalo, resigned before before anybody hit the market. So this was really right. shocking. Can you give us the some details of? Who quit in Spain? The player was because obviously you were in that locker room when he first first season in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, I love I love Q. You know, uh, got a chance to play against him when he was in uh, Tennessee. Uh, thought he was a good player there. Thought he did a great job for us. Um, and so I thought he was a great teammate. I mean, I never had an issue with him. Always like like his swag and his jokes. And uh, I thought he was a great guy. But when it comes to you know obviously playing in this league. Uh, you can be great with the teammates, but you also have to be great with your coaches as well in that relationship. So it's, you know, it's, it's on all different types of levels that you have to deal with um, as a player. And so obviously something didn't mesh right with him and the organization and um, they, they ended up parting ways. And so I hate to see a guy like that that plays and works as hard as he does. But it just wasn't obviously a good fit for whatever reason. And so um, him moving on. Hopefully it ends up good for him. Sometimes you need a change of scenery because uh, he was rotating and wasn't playing as much. And so that's a hard thing for, for, for guys that are used to being a starter, getting paid to be the starter, thinking you about to be the guy. And then um, adversity strikes, you know, on an, on an individual note and trying to figure out a way to navigate that space. Um, and so hopefully this change of scenery, because he's good enough, somebody should pick him up. If he hasn't been picked up already, I don't know. I'm not really watching too closely. Uh, but he's a guy that 
is going to be able to help uh, a football team um, somewhere in this league. And so I have a lot of respect for him um, and, and nothing but, um, you know, um, great wishes and blessings on, as he, you know, finds his next uh, team to play for or whatever happens, you know, just all great things that he can do in life. Right. You know, you said swag. Big man definitely has some swag on him, man. What that's, oh, yeah. That's one thing I get. Oh, yeah. He has some he's going to let you know now with that big six, seven now. He's going to let you know. <laughs> Swagged out, you know. You know, but he, he he wore with pride. You know, he's an undrafted guy. You know, he calls yep. himself Mr. Undrafted. And the grind to come up, you know, and to uh, be rewarded for the fruits of his labor, you know. So he's going to let you know. Swagged out. No, man. I, I, I love me some uh, big Spain, man. So one of my one of my uh you know top teammates that i played with that i've enjoyed just from the you know jokes and personality yeah. and, and getting into it with him it, it, was, it was fun to be around him yeah don't see him sitting on that market wait uh, too long actually i, I don't see him, see him sitting on that market past this weekend probably honestly right uh yeah actually we, some good news i think we got we may have big john feliciano back this week which is definitely going to be a key to the office line i know you spoke about him before and the energy he brings and attitude he brings so you know if you get him back for a game like this too, that also help you propel to just go ahead, as you say, kick the Jets' butt and keep it, keep it pushing. Right. Yeah, it'd be a great time to work him in if he's going to be able to play. Um, hopefully it won't be a game where he has to play, you know, 60 snaps, but he can work into the rotation. They were rotating three guards at one point, winners, yeah. forward, and Spain. So maybe he jumps in the rotation to work him back in uh, slowly. So then he's ready to go uh, in the future, and then they have to, going to have to make a decision, right? Because uh, somebody, somebody can't play, you know. And I'm and I'm a guy that's never been a a big fan of rotating offensive linemen. Um, I think the continuity of any position is probably the most important there. But teams have done it. I mean, even out here in Arizona, they're doing it um, at times with their guys. And so, um, but yeah, it's just something I, I I know teams have started to do, but I don't really like because offensive linemen, I think, are great when they have great continuity, know who's next to them, know how the guy, fan blocks, double teams, all those little intricacies of playing off at the line uh, when they're out there, you know, week in and week out together. All right. So, Zoe, we got the Jets this week. This is a big game. The Bills can come out here, do what they need to do. And honestly, if they win this game, they're 5-2, and two, back at the, still at the top of the hierarchy of the AFC uh, standings. So what's your three keys to the games? What we got to do to go ahead yeah. and down the Jets? Yeah, man, it, it's simple this week, you know, for me. It ain't nothing about these fancy stats or doing something, stopping somebody or affecting somebody. Uh, you know, for me, it's about, you know, number one, coaches, keeping it simple, not getting cute. Hey, we're going to run the ball down their throats. We got, we got, we're going to get, you know, get our guys going on the outside, get Josh in the rhythm. Um, we're going to keep it simple. Defensively, the same thing. You don't need to dial up four or five different blitzes and, you know, for the week, just keep it simple, base defense. We got our nickel Buffalo and we got our coverages that we're going to run and maybe one or two. So we're just keeping it simple so the guys can go out there, play fast and execute the things we talked about earlier, right? Blocking, uh, tackling, throwing, catching. No need all the extra nuances of scheming things up for the Jets. Uh for the offense, so going to my point number two, because the game plan is is should be simplified, hopefully, you go out there and execute at a high level. Get into an early rhythm, keep that rhythm, um, and so that you can start establishing, reestablishing yourself as far as how you started this season. Because right now, the offense has been the big brothers until the defense starts showing back up and getting right. And so you have to lead 
by example, going out there, having some extended drives, uh, obviously scoring touchdowns, doing those things that we've seen you already accomplish and set the standard for this this year. And then defensively, just being disciplined and tough. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that, not having like penalties and stuff like that, but being in your gap where you need to be, playing with great hands, great highs. And when you get to the ball carrier, you're jacking him up. And guys are coming in trying to strip the ball out. Um, so just getting back to the basics, you know, from coaches to offense and defense. And then, it, you know, I'll throw a fourth one in there. It'd be great to see Dre get one to the house, get a big special teams play in there somewhere too to kind of get that collective uh, football or um, complementary football, as we will call it, where all three phases are really working in unison to really um, put out a great showing. Actually, you know, on that point of Dre Roberts, the one bright spot I did see from that Chiefs game is the Bills special teams unit coverage on offense was really good. They let McCole Hartman, who is a Pro Bowl return in his own right and very right. dangerous, he got nothing. They stuffed him, and I thought Jay Roberts put the Bills in some good uh, return yeah. uh, situations yeah, as well. So I thought one key factor for that game was special teams as well, and I thought special teams has been well all season for Buffalo. Yeah, he's been doing a great job, and – they're like one block away, I know, on some of them runs for Dre from taking them to the house. So that could be the spark that they need as well. Scoring on special teams, figuring out a way how to get the ball in the end zone uh, will be huge. Or even like maybe a turnover, um, that would be huge as well. So those those are the ways that the special teams can really interject or energize, I should say, a team and get the the, the script flipped as well for, for them. Right. So, so I mean, that's about it, man. You got anything going on with Aces Foundation thing you want to talk about before we get about it? Uh, no, nah, we don't got too much going on with Aces. Uh, you know, COVID is still kind of slow, uh, just in the process of um, just trying to make sure everything is ready to go when it when, when I can get it to go. Uh, so it was kind of cool. You know, I'm coaching, and so some uh, young kids out at the park that, as I was walking off, was asking me, "Hey, man, how do we get to play?" I'm like, okay, these kids look. Like they can ball a little bit, so uh, I'm actually gonna be doing another flag football uh, team with my nine year old. Two of the kids were nine and ten, or Mason is ten, and so hopefully I can get them integrated to one of our football teams and start mentoring some of the youth just here locally in Arizona. So that's kind of where it's been real cool for me, and so that's kind of where I'm doing aces because I, you know, I, I like to embody what my organization is about by the way I live every day, and it doesn't have to necessarily be an initiative through the foundation, but just living that spirit every day. So. I guess that's something I'm doing, you know, kind of in the spirit of Aces. Um, but other than that, man, just trying to work through this ballot, man. We got about 30 judges I'm trying to go through. Uh, but, yeah, you know, things are good. Uh, family's healthy, doing well. And I guess I'm about to go check out the rest of this uh, presidential debate uh, once we log off here. Yeah, and before we go, I just want to say uh, I, was, I was actually in the city this week. I actually got to where I go around, meet some businesses, and actually show people, you know, who didn't did know about our show, what we did. I actually got down to Signature Cuts and Kenny Harris, got to talk okay. to them. Uh, I got to go down there to uh, my cousin Vintage in Buffalo Closet and talk to them for a little bit. And uh, my man Kevin, uh, my man Damian Spala from Discover 716 will be doing some stuff with us, too, here on the pod in the near future. So uh, definitely thank you out to those businesses uh, for having me and uh, showing me a good time. But hey, that so that's it. Go down there, beat down the Jets this week. Just get the five and two, and then we'll get ready for pass. We get, we gonna worry about the Jets. We are gonna stay with the Jets first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First things first, baby. All right, but hey, guys, thanks for watching. I'm let Zoe get up out of here. Go watch that uh that uh debate. I gotta do the same thing. And uh, remember, get remember, get out the vote, right? Yep, get out the vote. November third or early vote if you if that's going on in your state.
That's it. All right, guys. We'll catch you guys next week, hopefully with a uh, Buffalo win in 5-2. Zoe, JT, Pressure for a Podcast. We out of here.